Welcome to Parlay Me Power Players. This is a podcast that explores the latest entrepreneurs, startups, founders, business leaders, and even enterprises that are changing the game. We call them the disruptors. You might see them as your mentors or maybe even your colleagues, but we are so excited to bring to you each week someone we find either fascinating, progressive, or someone that's really making changes in all kinds of industries. We are agnostic in what we cover, so we cover everything from mobility to AI to food and produce, you name it, we cover it. But most importantly, we want to showcase to you entrepreneurs that are really making a difference and making the world a better place. Hello and welcome to Parlay Me Power Players podcast. Today we have a spokesperson and advocate for innovation and technology in Hong Kong. We are joined by Demetrius Horatis, Senior Manager for Innovation and Technology for the Americas at Invest Hong Kong. Now, for those that don't know Invest Hong Kong, it's a leading trade and commerce department of Hong Kong. Established in 2000, Invest Hong Kong offers advice and services to support companies from planning stage right through to launch and expansion of their businesses. Now, Invest Hong Kong's vision is to strengthen Hong Kong's status as a leading international business location in Asia. No easy task, but they are on the mission to achieve it. So their mission is to attract and retain foreign direct investment, which is of strategic importance to the economic development of Hong Kong. So Demetrius is based in New York and is the main contact representative for Invest Hong Kong inquiries for entrepreneurs looking to start up in Hong Kong. So prior to joining Invest Hong Kong in 2019, and correct me if I'm wrong, Demetrius, but he was the trade and investment officer for ICT and creative media department of international trade, advising US tech and creative SMEs on how to effectively internationalize into new markets and ultimately helping US multinationals grow their international business overseas. He's also spent many years working for the British Consulate for the UK Trade and Development out of the Houston, Texas office. So it's safe to say that Demetrius understands what it takes to promote and expand businesses into international territories, as well as identifying joint ventures and strategic partnership opportunities. So interestingly enough, Demetrius has a Bachelor of Science from the University of Santa Barbara, California in microbiology. So fun fact, it is a great pleasure to welcome Demetrius Horatis to the Parlay Me Power Players podcast. Welcome, Demetrius. Thank you so much, January, and it's uh, it's very nice uh, to, to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to have you, and thank you for joining us. We're very excited to learn about Invest Hong Kong, your role, and I guess the overall vision for Invest Hong Kong and the mission. So to start off, I'd love to learn more about how a science graduate from Santa Barbara came to be the Senior Manager for Innovation and Tech for Invest Hong Kong. So how did this opportunity come about and what, I guess, ultimately drew you to advocating for Hong Kong's international growth? Yes. So I, I guess to the to the first part of the question is that with any sort of uh, government organization, it really takes all types. Uh, and you know, I've had um, an interesting uh, journey up until now as far as uh, uh, my career choices. And sometimes it was just kind of 
things just opened up at a certain point and, and I kind of jumped in on them. So uh, you're right. So I, I started off as a lab rat in the <laughs> uh, cancer research lab, uh, which was in Los Angeles at the USC Comprehensive Cancer Center. Uh, and then from there, I kind of went into business. So being in a lab uh, for uh, extensive periods of time wasn't really uh, for me. I was a little bit more of an extroverted uh, person. And so uh, I went into sales and marketing for a large uh, pharmaceutical since it kind of made sense with my background and, uh, you know, did several different things within, um, within healthcare and science, but also, you know, mostly dealing on the business side of things. Uh, and so that at some point brought me to, um, you know, an interesting opportunity uh, for a previous um, economic development agency that I worked for. Uh, and that was out of LA. They needed somebody that uh, wanted, that understood the um, life sciences, but could also do, uh, you know, the outreach and, and the sales and marketing. And that journey kind of uh, started with uh, the British uh, uh, government. And that took me, like you said, uh, from LA to Texas and, uh, and here to uh, New York at, at some point. Uh, and so, you know, within that, I've had a, a very broad Mm. Um, exposure to the technology sector, both within biosciences and uh, and, and within uh, ICT uh, across the country, and uh, and that kind of brought me into what I do now, which is uh, you know advocating for uh, Hong Kong in terms of uh, you know businesses wanting to do business uh, within Asia. I think for me the, the the thing that really kind of interested me about Hong Kong was the the the, the hemisphere is is so unique um uh you know and and it's so interesting it has so much culture so much history uh and you combine that with uh, the business that goes on it's so vibrant uh, both within hong kong the chinese market but southeast asia in general and then you know the broader scope of apac uh, as well uh, and so hong kong was really kind of one of these places that you know it's where east meets west and uh, really wanted to develop my uh, understanding uh, and uh, and hone in on my skill set of uh, international um, business uh, expansions and do that in a uh, in a completely different uh, part of the world. So it's been a, an extremely exciting uh, journey so far. Fantastic! And just out of interest, had you always kind of visited Hong Kong and had a fascination with it, or was it something like from afar that you kind of um, you know knew about Hong Kong through you know watching uh, TV shows and the internet, or friends or family that'd been there? Like, what was your introduction to Hong Kong as a place? Well, so that, that's actually quite interesting. I, I before this job, actually, I'd never traveled to uh, to Hong Kong, but I grew up in Los Angeles, and uh, I grew up in a place. Uh, called uh, Monterey Park slash Alhambra, uh, and that city was actually the, uh, the the biggest population of uh, Chinese, and many of them from from Hong Kong had gone to that one okay. location. I think there's three locations. There's San Francisco, um, Alhambra, Monterey Park area where I was born and raised, and then obviously uh, New York. And so I I've, I had the pleasure of being exposed to the Chinese culture at, at a very uh, young age and went to a school where about forty mm-hmm. percent uh, were Asian and and then mostly Latinos. So I was always kind of the uh, the, the odd man out, but um, you know it's always very interesting to be able to experience uh, these 
cultures firsthand. And then obviously when this came about, you know, it seemed there was there was a lot of, you know, cultural knowledge just by having you know friends and 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 growing up in an area where it was predominantly Asian, you just kind of get the um, you know a certain comfort um, with that population. Absolutely. Well, you had a lot of experience as well from the international trade uh, for US tech and creative SMEs. So you definitely knew all about how to promote ecosystems. So I'm interested in given Invest Hong Kong is set up to strengthen Hong Kong as a leading international business location. Perhaps you can help explain to those listening today how Invest Hong Kong works with both existing and new organizations and partners to help, I guess, entrepreneurs on their quest to accessing Asia via Hong Kong. Because from my understanding, that's what really Hong Kong does. It really, not only, you know, obviously Hong Kong is a huge market, but you then get access to Asia and beyond too. So could you perhaps speak to a little bit about that? I think that's a very good point. So in Invest Hong Kong, we are a proper um, department of the Hong Kong government. Um, and as that department, our main remit is to create um, uh, jobs and economic activity uh, within the city of Hong Kong. So we're kind of agnostic as far as, uh, you know, the, the size of the companies or uh, even what they're looking to do, meaning, you know, uh, research and development versus sales and service uh, or, you know, even putting a sourcing office. So, uh, you know, we're, we're open to helping any company that wants to uh, have boots on the ground in, in Hong Kong um, and is, uh, is looking to basically grow within uh, the region using Hong Kong uh, as their base. Uh, and it could be from, you know, a, a startup uh, all the way to a, uh, you know, Fortune 500 uh, conglomerate. Uh, we're happy to um, help any of those companies. And, uh, you know, the, the, our strong suit is, is very much, na- you know, helping companies to navigate uh, if they're on the, on, the, on the more startup side of things, uh, to navigate both the financial um, ecosystem of Hong Kong if they're looking to raise money, uh, to tap into the you know wonderful pool of talent that is coming out of Hong Kong because of uh, the open policy of bringing in uh, talent from the mainland and other uh, Southeast Asian uh, countries, as well as the homegrown talent from you know the, the the universities that are constantly ranked in the top 100 uh, research universities. So uh, from the very beginning of a company looking to, to set up all the way to the, to the expansion side. So. You know, if, if we are able in any way to open up doors for even the bigger conglomerates, you know, we have offices uh, throughout China and throughout Asia that we can leverage uh, to help uh, companies, you know, get a, a deeper dive into uh, into the markets. Uh, and of course, we're the government. So in that token, we can certainly help them to, um, you know, better understand the regulatory, the, the infrastructure of how the government works and how we could potentially you know, facilitate any sort of, um, you know, business interactions that, that, that they're looking uh, to have. So we can do all the way from the nuts and bolts of setting up the company all the way to doing more of the uh, promotional and business development side of things to, to create greater uh, opportunities. Brilliant. So to understand, you you know, you guys work with both startups, scale-ups, and by the sounds of it, enterprises as well, which is brilliant. So I guess... Um, you know, obviously, Invest Hong Kong's made up of many se- sectors. Um, 
and works both obviously mainland and overseas entrepreneurs. But for our listeners today, perhaps explain what sectors fall under your purview um, and are you involved in mainly the onboarding and initial inquiry stage or are you involved in like the entire journey, like um, I guess when they set up in Hong Kong or uh, when do you kind of hand it over, so to speak? I don't want to like, you know, but um, what is your role, I guess, say if a startup, a scale-up or an enterprise came to you and said, hey, Demetrius, we want to start up in Hong Kong. Um, what would be, I guess, the journey um, you'd imagine for them? Yeah, um, in a short answer, I, I would probably be involved from the beginning all the way uh, to the end. So uh, from the point that a company is looking to explore mm-hmm. the Hong Kong market and understand what the opportunities are, uh, that's a, you know, a portion that I can help mm-hmm. them with. All the way to the, the, mm-hmm. the, the part that, you know, they need to start now talking to lawyers, accountants, recruiters, uh, you know, really looking for real estate, looking for offices. So these are all mm-hmm. things that um, um, I get involved in, but I have a fantastic team in, uh, in Hong Kong. And actually my, uh, my line managers also sit in, in Hong Kong, which um, are the leads globally for both uh, innovation and technology and ICT. And so um, going back to the first question of what I do cover, uh, you know, ICT and innovation technology, that's a huge umbrella, which basically means almost anything that is tech related, but not so much on the payment side and, and, the, and the fintech side, but anything past that is, is something that I would probably get involved in. So from a biosciences company to a diagnostics company to a medical device company, all the way to cybersecurity, mm-hmm. AI, any form of electronic system uh, that um, that is being um, developed and manufactured. So it's a it's a huge umbrella. And although I sit in New York, I cover all of the Americas. So from Canada all the way down to the southern tip of mm-hmm. Chile, um, I'm able to um, hopefully help companies to get their start when looking to uh, uh, come into Asia. And then again, consider Hong Kong as, as their base. You know, we're, we are the government, so we're not trying to strong arm anybody into going into any specific region, but we love to have the opportunity to kind of uh, present them with what we could offer them and how we would be able uh, to help make their journey into Asia easy, efficient, and hopefully very profitable. Brilliant. So, no, that's really helpful um, because I think often there's a feeling that sometimes, you know, you meet the first person and you hand it over to the second person then you never meet the first person again. So it's nice to know that you are involved um, throughout or at least touch points, key touch points. So um, in your experience, just love to get some feedback from you, um, understanding what first-time founders need and what um, I guess their main asks are, if, the, if, if you will. But what are, I guess, the main aspects or draw cards the first-time founders, and maybe you want to share what scale-ups and enterprises look for as well, but when designing where to set up shop and expand. So I guess if you can share with us, I mean, some asks, which might be unusual or some that are quite common uh, that you come across. Well, you know, obviously when, when you're working with startups, the the, the number one uh, question is, can you get us funding? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, that that is um, always a complicated question because it's yes, but it depends on what it's for. It depends on what you're looking to do, when you're looking to use it, and, you know, what you believe the outcome will be. For Hong mm-hmm. Kong, you know, on, on, on that side, I, I think it's it's one of these unique places, and I've seen it with several of, uh, of 
our clients, meaning the IMT clients, where you know they might even be struggling to um, uh, to raise funds here in the U.S. And, and there's been cases where uh, you know they've decided to look into Asia and they've used Hong Kong as their base. And uh, there's been several success stories of you know one company raising fifty million dollars in a Series A uh, within a syndicated uh, you know uh, venture capital environment, meaning you know there were some from the mainland that uh, invested or were actually the lead investors. And then, you know, there were, there was a syndication of um, smaller venture capitalists in Hong Kong that participated in it as well. And I think the last round they raised was a 250. Every, obviously, you know, everything that we do is, is confidential. So we're not able to, to actually um, mention names, but so there, there sure. but there are these opportunities um, for companies that are looking to raise funds. Also through the government, there's a lot of grant funding for innovation and technology and our, Chief Executive and her recent policy, uh, you know, mentioned a lot of these uh, innovation technology initiatives and how important um, Hong Kong will be uh, under the, uh, the 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 GBA, which is the Greater Bay Area of China, uh, and uh, mm. and how much also China is looking to Hong Kong uh, for innovation and technology uh, leadership. It's looking for it to actually you know really become one of the main uh, innovation hubs. Uh, in China and then within Asia as well. And of course, on the startup side, you know, the, Hong Kong is, is, a, is a mature market, you know, so um, we're, we're quite unique in the fact that once a company has really proven themselves uh, in their home market uh, and have even potentially even, you know, expanded internationally, whether it's in Europe or uh, in, in the Middle East. Uh, but, you know, I think for, for, for Hong Kong, what it really offers is that unique place uh, in Asia where you can tap into the Chinese market while being under common law, having extremely robust IP protection, having a, a very robust legal system, uh, and so still being part of China, but enjoying a lot of the business um, uh, incentives that you had in Europe and in and, and, and the US. And given the fact that it's right. been a, a, you know, a Western colony for quite some time. It's kind of got all the uh, essentials of, uh, you know, free enterprise and, and, and capitalism baked into its system. Uh, and that's not going to change. And that leads me to my next question, actually. Next question is, um, ha- to, to what you were saying, how does Hong Kong cater to those first-time founder needs? So, for example, it's evident that Hong Kong is highly pro-business government with, with many benefits, including, as you mentioned, the open economy, no VAT sales tax, no capital gains tax, no withholding tax on investments. And something I only recently discovered, Hong Kong is only a five-hour flight from half the world's population, which I think is quite unique. So it is truly an ideal location to set up head offices. But yes, what else do you think makes it such a desirable destination beneficial for, I guess, both startups, as you mentioned, scale-ups and enterprises? Yes, um, I think that's a very good question. And obviously, everything that you said is quite true. Um, And I would add three things, you know, especially for a foreign company that is looking to go uh, into the, uh, the the Hong Kong market, you know, usually what you'll find is that a um, foreign company would normally send somebody over uh, to be able to kind of spearhead that office. Mm. And for 
uh, you know, that person, if you're sending mm -hmm. them from uh, the U.S. or Canada or South America, you know, it, it, it could be a challenge going into a completely different type of culture where, you know, Hong Kong, although it is part of China, you know, English is a primary language and it's an official language. And, uh, you know, it also has the highest um, um, magnitude of international schools, the higher, the highest density uh, within, within Asia. So, you know, mm. if you speak English, you're going to find an English speaking right. school. If you speak, you know, French because you're from Quebec, you'll, 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 you'll be able to find a French speaking school. If, you know, if it's Spanish, uh, you know, the same thing. Yes. Um, on, 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 on the flip side of that is the immigration scheme, right? So Hong Kong has really kind of mm -hmm. uh, understood that it really needs to attract the best and the brightest. And in order to do that, we've really... Uh, you know, put together some very interesting schemes. Now, we, when I say we, we I mean the, the, the Hong Kong government has put together some uh, immigration schemes that mm -hmm. are, it's very easy to actually send somebody with the right know-how uh, to get either a project done, train others within your team, or mm -hmm. even just stay there and, you know, kind of spearhead uh, a, a, a new office. And then, you know, finally, I would say that, that it's the infrastructure. It's, uh, you know, in terms of ICT infrastructure, uh, it's one of these places that has been developed to such an extent that for a technology company, it really makes a lot of sense. You know, it's got uh, 11 submarine cable systems, uh, 11 satellites uh, for external communication. Uh, and so, you know, these put together with, you know, the international uh, environment and the, easy, and the ease of moving people in and out really kind of makes it a very unique um, opportunity when entering Asia. For those um, listening, let's also give a recap on the economic growth of Hong Kong. So in 2020, let's not forget the pandemic, um, the number of startups in Hong Kong grew by 6%. And currently Hong Kong has the is the 11th largest economy in the world. And it's estimated by 2030, it could be the fifth or sixth largest economy. So if this isn't reason alone for all businesses to be including Hong Kong in the international expansion strategy, then I don't know what is. But can you also share with us, I guess, some fun business facts about Hong Kong with our listeners? Um, so some things that I know, some fun facts. The city boasts nine unicorns across fintech, logistics, travel, tech sectors, and the most popular industries for startups in Hong Kong are fintech, e-commerce, supply chain, professional services, and ICT. But Demetrius, you might know some other ones that I haven't mentioned. But in addition, Hong Kong has world-class universities, tremendous strength in scientific research, and truly has an international business environment, which you spoke to. So I guess what other fun facts do you know, Demetrius, that you could also shed on why Hong Kong is such an amazing place for startups and scale-ups? Yeah, so um, I, I would mention just you know on on the subsectors that you mentioned, obviously fintech, e-commerce, supply chain. Uh, Hong Kong is is truly an amazing place uh, for those type of uh, startups and scale ups looking to, to come into the market. But I would also suggest that um, you know even within biosciences, life sciences, um, Hong Kong has a very strong uh, uh, proposition. Uh, and what mm. we find is that many of the the, the, the larger uh, pharmaceutical conglomerates will, will choose to do uh, their clinical trials in Hong Kong. Uh, and that mm -hmm. is because of the uh, centralized authority, the hospital authority, 
uh, that um, it makes it easy uh, to recruit uh, for uh, patients uh, because mm -hmm. there's about 30 years of digital medical records on all of the uh, Hong Kong population. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, it's also one of these places that, um, you know, is although it's an international city, the majority of, of its population are Han Chinese. And that's important when looking to uh, do a, a clinical trial and then go into the mainland to get approval. Uh, and uh, the, the mainland always uh, requires that there's some, uh, you know, um, proof and, and samples from the Han Chinese population when doing a clinical trial. Uh, and so mm. that has become, uh, you know, one of our, our strong suits uh, is for, uh, you know, these uh, um, both the, the, the clinical research organizations, but also the pharmaceutical companies that are coming in and doing these, uh, these research trials. Um, I would say also that, you know, MIT has uh, set up an, an overseas uh, innovation node uh, in Hong Kong. So, you mm -hmm. know, on the academic side, uh, you know, it's really one of these places that, um, you know, the, the best and the brightest really come uh, come together. Uh, the Karolinska mm -hmm. Institute has also uh, set up in the science park since uh, 2016. And, uh, and again, is working on a lot of the uh, cutting edge regenerative uh, medicine. And then I'll, I'll leave it with this is, is, is that we not only do we have, you know, some of the top universities, the Hong Kong Science Technology Park and Cyberport, which are our two major uh, innovation hubs, but we also have these, uh, you know, government-sponsored uh, research institutions, uh, and, mm. and they're based on, uh, you know, specific types of areas. One is a is an automotive research institution. Uh, the other one is focused on uh, analytics and AI. Another one is focused on logistics and supply chain. Another one is focused on nanotechnology. Uh, mm. And so through these um, research bodies, you can really tap into uh, the talent pool for research and development uh, to kind of not only um, progress your technology, but also localize it to the to the Chinese market. Uh, and mm. so obviously, you know, developing things in the U.S. or Canada and then trying to sell them into uh, Asia, uh, you know, there could be challenges. Whereas if you do part of that research in, in Asia, what you'll find is that you're getting a stronger understanding of that market as you're developing your product, you're also keeping in mind your, your end client and your end customer. And obviously, you know, 1.4 billion people in China, that's a huge market. So, uh, you know, if you, 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 if you ignore it, you're kind of ignoring it uh, at your own demise. So um, I would think that those are, are some very um, poignant uh, ish, uh, points that um, startups, scale-ups, technology companies that are coming up with uh, the next best thing should really kind of uh, uh, look into. Definitely. So you've kind of answered my next question, but that's okay. I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, it's also said, well, presumed, you know, most areas and locations around the world um, are prominent to specific in industries, right? Like New York known, known for its like FinTech and Wall Street culture. LA is known for its creative flair. What do you think, I guess, internationally Hong Kong's most recognized for? And do you think it's representative? I mean, you, you interestingly spoke about, um, you know, health tech and, and whatnot, which is really key. But um, I guess what other types of businesses are you seeing grow in Hong Kong? Yeah, you know, so I, I would say that for, for Hong Kong, you know, it, it's really the 
China's international city. Uh, you know, mm. so you know you can you can compare us to Shenzhen, which has an amazing INT offering. Uh, you know, Beijing, uh, Shanghai, uh, all these places have a very strong offering, both in financial services and fintech. But I think for companies that are foreign, they're obviously coming into the the, the Hong Kong market and internationalizing. So if you're mm. really got an international perspective and and, and global view. Um, then Hong Kong is the right place to start in if you're going into uh, into Asia. And of course, if you're, you know, looking at the Chinese market as one of your primary markets within Asia, then of course, I, I think, you know, Hong Kong is one of these places that you just can't ignore because uh, no. there's, no, there's no other city like it. You know, we have, we have a special administration region with some very unique, uh, um, you know, business laws and opportunity and, and give opportunities for these uh, companies while also being part of, you know, the, the, the second biggest economy in the world. Mm, mm, no, it's, it's definitely key, which is um, why I want to actually for those listening kind of and want to understand like how I guess the Hong Kong-China relationship works. Perhaps let's talk about Hong Kong and the Greater Bay Area a bit more in general. So, can you help explain exactly like where Hong Kong is located in China and how it's beneficial to the gateway for trade for Asia as a whole? And I also heard that the high-speed rail network has made it possible to travel from Hong Kong to Shenzhen in 15 minutes. Is that correct? <laughs> that That is correct. Yes, I, I have yet to experience it myself, but um, some of the colleagues in my office have uh, said that it's you know, it, it, it's it's really kind of, you know, going from Midtown to uh, Astoria here in New York. It, you know, it, right. it, it, it's uh, you're there in, in such a short period of time. And as you mentioned, you know, Shenzhen being part of the, the, the greater Bay Area and then both Hong Kong um, and Shenzhen and, and, and the Guangdong province in general, which makes up 11 uh, different cities, um, it's really created this unique mix of opportunities where, you know, Hong Kong being a financial center uh, and also a business center and then Shenzhen being an INT center. And uh, and and so you're and, and we're getting to a point where our negotiations with the mainland Chinese, uh, we're, we're really looking at twin cities here. We're looking at Hong Kong and Shenzhen kind of complementing each other. We're building a uh, science park in collaboration with the city of Shenzhen uh, as well. And so for U.S. companies that are coming in to this region, uh, you know, the, the Pearl River Delta, uh, uh, you know, economic region here, you're really able to tap into all these amazing resources. Uh, mm. You know, you can protect your IP in Hong Kong. You can float your uh, uh, company on, on, on the Hong Kong stock market. Um, mm. You can, uh, you know, cross the, 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 the Delta and then uh, be in Shenzhen and really tap into the talent pool uh, that that is there, um, and then also, of course, um, you know it, it, the, this region is also known as the the factory of the world, and it's uh, you know one of the the richest regions uh, in China, um, and then it's quickly becoming one of the richest uh, regions uh, in the world as well. And so, mm. although Hong Kong is a economy of seven million people. When you actually look at it in its complete form, which is part of the Greater Bay Area, 
you'll find that it's actually got the economy of the UK. Uh, mm. So it's uh, it's wow. it's a strong offering for selling your product and the service behind it. But it's also one of these regions that you can both develop your product, build your company structurally, you know, on the financial side in Hong Kong, and then tap into the 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 the, the actual talent pool um, across the way as well. Brilliant, brilliant! Wow, it's it's fascinating. So it, it definitely is the gateway to Asia, that's for sure. So, um, a little bit back to kind of I guess Invest Hong Kong and the services you you offer and whatnot, whatnot. So, when often when we hear the term like free advice and support for companies, like bells go off with some people that I think like what's the catch or <laughs> you know like um but given you're a government organization you're already funded but I guess uh, you know these services you offer to off obviously mainland and entrepreneurs abroad can you I guess explain what services they are a little more um and I guess the main benefits of them sure yes uh and and you're absolutely right I I get challenged on uh the services when I explain them uh, to to you know to, to my clients, and uh, right. you know, it's always the well, what is it going to cost me? Even though I start always try to start with, you know, we're we're fully funded by Hong Kong taxpayers, and our services are yes. always free and confidential. Um, yes, but that 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 again still doesn't seem like um, it's too good to be true. Uh, sure, so I always <laughs> let them know that you know actually our payment is you doing well in uh, the city of Hong Kong, hiring right. more people and then creating more tax revenue. And that's how, uh, you know, our salary uh, continues to get paid. So selfishly, we do this job to keep our, to keep our uh, positions, but, uh, yes. but, uh, but in, in reality, yes, it, it's one of these uh, very unique um, uh, services that uh, the government provides, and I think I touched them on them a little bit, but I can kind of go into it a little bit more. Yeah, right yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, you are, you know, you, obviously you're you're like a trade uh, department, and like all countries have them. It's just always interesting when, you know, people will think, but hang on, like what's the catch? So it's really you are such a resource. Like people should be utilising you guys. And if I, if I dare say using you guys to your fullest potential, you know, because exactly. you are there as a service. Um, and, yeah, it would be silly not to, right? Um, so that that's great. Now, I think we have a good feel for the what you do offer. Yeah. Um, I'm particularly interested, I guess, not only Hong Kong but also the surrounding areas, for example, and ignore my pronunciation, but the Hisu, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, which is sometimes referred to as the Miami of China. Uh, could you perhaps give us some more info on this region? I guess it's secret recipe for continued economic growth. Yes, and and um, that, that's a well. It's it's one of these um, things that happens with economic development. That uh, as mm. one city does well, then it's uh, you know one of the uh, benefits is that it always kind of spills into uh, the, the, the surrounding cities as well. Mm. Uh, and mm. so Hong Kong and Macau being part of this uh, greater Bay Area, obviously, you know, if you want to build your business, you come to uh, Hong Kong, just like, you know, in the U.S., if you want to build your business, you know, you might come to New York or you might go to the Silicon Valley or go to Los mm -hmm. Angeles, one of these major cities. Um, mm -hmm. And but at the end of the day, though, you're, you're going to need a place to relax, to play, 
And, uh, you know, Hong Kong is uh, certainly not a, um, is not known for, for cheap real estate, whereas Guizhou uh, is actually one of these places that uh, enjoys a, um, you know, a, a more moderate um, uh, uh, expense uh, level. And so what we find mm -hmm. is many of the, you know, retirees that have worked uh, all their lives and uh, the, 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 the more um, dense regions will go uh, to and then they'll actually enjoy the beaches and uh, the warm weather. And, uh, you know, the, the government has really kind of put in um, a, a lot of effort and resource to, uh, to make it one of these uh, resort towns. So it really is the Miami of China. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, if, if we have a greater Bay Area in China, I don't see why we can't have uh, a Miami of China. And, uh, I know. We love, we love always saying, you know, um, you know, make it relatable. So, <laughs> so um, I actually did a, earlier this year, I did a deep dive into Invest Hong Kong and its benefits for entrepreneurs. You can check out the article on Parlay Me. It's titled International Unicorns, Founders and Innovators Thrive in Hong Kong, which you can read and I, at your own leisure, not while you're listening to this podcast, but in your own time. But what I love particularly about the Hong Kong startup ecosystem is the influx of support from the government agencies, such as Invest Hong Kong, but also to in institutional VCs, um, to the advent of local accelerators. Um, it's a really rapidly, rapidly growing network of angel investing bodies as well. So could you perhaps, I guess, help expand on what makes Hong Kong startup ecosystem particularly unique? Now, I know we've touched upon it, but something that you guys have is infrastructure. So you have in place um, included what's called the Hong Kong Science and Technology Parks Corporation. Could you perhaps speak a little bit to that for us, Demetrius? Sure, yes. The, uh, the, the Hong Kong Science and Technology Parks Corporation um, has, it's basically a uh, subsidiary company mm -hmm. of the Hong Kong Shenzhen Innovation and Technology Park. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's there to to build, operate, maintain, and manage the uh, the Hong Kong uh, Shenzhen Innovation Technology Park in Lok Mao Chow Loop. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is again one of these um, uh, future collaborations that we're looking into, and 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 being part of the the Greater Bay Area. Uh, you know the the Hong Kong Science Technology Parks Corporation is is an organization that's really helping us to um, incorporate into uh, the greater Bay Area. And by that token, it'll let um, you know companies coming from the US, Canada, South America to really tap into that region where you know you can uh, again do a lot of your uh, business structuring and protecting VIP within within Hong Kong, but also doing some of the R&D because of this great science park, mm -hmm. uh, but then also tapping into, uh, the, the neighboring cities such as Shenzhen uh, to uh, to really um, get the most benefit from the talent pool in that region. No, this is this. If I go to Hong Kong, I want to visit this Hong Kong Science and Technology Park because it just it's. I mean, if you Google it, people, if you're listening and you want to multitask, Google it. Uh, it's just extraordinary. Um, so it really is a hub. Um, something I also think it's important that we discuss um, one of the key benefits of Hong Kong is the one country, two systems arrangement. So the one country, two systems arrangement 
of the 1984 Sino-British Joint Declaration is an endurable competitive advantage for Hong Kong. It is important, I guess, to the, you know, obviously the development of content and media and big data, cloud computing and the Internet of Things and startups. So Hong Kong has always been known for its free flow of information um, with no censorship on content transmission and provides environment for development of, you know, web-based businesses and beyond. Um, I, I guess given the headlines that we see in the Western media publications um, about so-called Chinese government crackdown, I guess on these liberties, um, I guess my question is what do you think this means for Hong Kong and how can I guess entrepreneurs and businesses best navigate these developments? I mean, in 2019 we saw the mass pro-democracy demonstrations that broke out, so it's evident that there's cause for concern, but I guess how much concern and you know to what degree is it fear-mongering um, and media sensation um, I guess it's how do businesses I guess weigh up that you know whether it is a threat or not or or real or, or not <laughs> yes that, that that's uh, obviously uh, one of these questions that uh, everybody asks you know when when we speak to them about the opportunities uh, in Hong Kong sure. uh, you know it's one of these um concerns of, well, you know, will we be okay? And, you know, what, what I want to stress is that, you know, Hong Kong still remains one of the, the world's safest, largest cities. Uh, and, and in order to remain a safe city, mm. you do need certain controls, right? And so obviously, uh, you know, the national security law, I'm not here mm-hmm. to speak uh, on, on behalf of, um, you know, any uh, any party, uh, but if you're simply looking at it in terms of business, uh, what you'll find is that you know um, business doesn't thrive when there's a lot of um, uh, insecurity and, uh, and and a lot of um, uh, tumultuous uh, uh, you know uh, behaviors. So I, what I would say is you know I, I was there in 2019. Uh, that's when the protests were actually happening. I stayed across the street from Victoria Park, um, and even then, I never felt like I was in any uh, any any danger. And uh, you know what I saw on television as I was uh, you know about to head over to, to Hong Kong versus what I actually saw once I got there uh, were two completely different pictures. So um, I, I think to some extent, of course, you know the media uh, has to report. Um, you know, on, on, on what things are, how things are progressing. Uh, but by the same token, you know, there's um, also oh. uh, the part that the media doesn't show because it's just not interesting. And that's people just going about their day and, and doing their business and shopping and, uh, and, and going, you know, out to the mall yeah. and, and doing all the normal things. Getting on with business. <laughs> and I think that hasn't changed in Hong Kong. It's, uh, you know, it hasn't changed yeah. uh, because of any sort of uh, new laws. And then I think the actual business uh, opportunities, you know, have not changed. And, you know, if I dare, I might even say that there's new opportunities that are coming up because of uh, the incorporation of Hong Kong into the greater Bay Area while continuing to be a, uh, you know, a a separate administration uh, from China is that you're getting now the the best of both worlds. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about Hong Kong is that as a company, you can go into Hong Kong and own your company outright. And that has not changed. 
you know, if you're a data analytics company and you're collecting data, mm -hmm. uh, you can move your data in and out of Hong Kong, no problem. Uh, you know, that obviously is not true for between Hong mm -hmm. Kong and, and China. So you're going to have any sort of um, uh, challenges that you have in Hong Kong, uh, you're going to have in other parts of the world, whether you're in Europe or, or the Americas. Uh, but by the same token, you're still in you're still in China. So, as a um, company that maybe uh, whose bread and butter is is data, it's better to be in Hong Kong, I would think, than any other uh, Southeast Asian uh, city if your market is truly uh, China. Now, at some point, you're probably going to have to figure out how to uh, you know store that data on the mainland if it has to do with mainland uh, Chinese. Um, uh, consumers. Uh, but again, as that first touch point into China, I still think that Hong Kong has a very unique offering and you really can't find it in any other uh, Chinese cities at this no. point. No, absolutely. I'd say it's, um, it's now particularly even more, you know, uh, such a, such a resource uh, for entrepreneurs and business leaders that are looking to definitely navigate that space huge opportunity it's, it's it's really vital i think that if you are looking to access asia that hong kong is definitely the place um what i particularly love about hong kong and i guess invest hong kong specifically is your dedication to education and the entire entrepreneurial ecosystem uh, you hold really diverse and informative informative webinars like on a weekly basis you hold truly innovative tech conferences such as the recent um start me up hong kong which i myself participated in moderating some panels um all of which you can check out um both on your website i invest hong kong and we've featured some of it on parlay me but what is it about, i mean we've talked about it but i guess i'm trying to kind of get to the crux of what is it about the hong kong entrepreneurial ecosystem that I guess differentiates it from other global ecosystems my two cents I would imagine it's a highly um, robust and if I will I'd say competitive but competitive in a good sense um, ecosystem but maybe you can elaborate on that for us yes I, I would say what makes it unique is that you it is again going back to uh, this um, East meets West. So, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're having this uh, melting pot of ideas coming from uh, multiple continents. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're, you're having um, this um, region where it's the second biggest economy in the world. It's, it's growing like gangbusters as far as the, the, mm -hmm. the mainland Chinese market. And then you're finding that you have major conglomerates coming from the mainland uh, in China, but also coming mm -hmm. from Europe, uh, other parts of Asia, whether it's Japan, uh, Australia, uh, and then of course the U the U.S. and so, and, and they're all kind of coming together in Hong Kong because, again, it's one of these cities that have proven themselves as far as infrastructure that they can handle, uh, you know, the, the the amount of business and transaction that 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 is happening uh, on on a mm. daily basis, on an hourly basis, and. Uh, what you find mm -hmm. is that, you know, from a from a robust uh, stock market where, you know, we're either first or second uh, behind uh, behind uh, London, um, you, mm -hmm. you're having this, uh, you know, kind of New York uh, feel to it. 
but then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're also uh, experiencing the, the economic um, opportunities that are being created by China, since we have the, uh, mm -hmm. the northbound and southbound connect, which is basically a mechanism for the Chinese to invest in um, in, in um, foreign uh, economies, whether it's the U.S., Canada, or Europe, or Australia. But then you're also having uh, the opposite effect, where you know there's 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 a system there to help uh, foreigners invest into the Chinese market, which they can't do directly, but they can do it through Hong Kong. So it's be so it's mm. become like this this um, conduit and catalyst between the East and the mm. West to do more business, despite what. The politics might be, despite what you know the um, the politicians may be doing, it's one of these uh, areas that you can still use to kind of reach the uh, the the other side, if you will, uh, and that makes it really uh, unique, both in the ideas, the, the the types of transactions, and the types of people that you're meeting, and and so I think that only enriches both your development as a uh, technology company. Uh, how you see the world and the market and, 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 and your place within that. Um, and so it really kind of provides you an in-depth look into multiple different uh, geographic regions uh, all in one place. So you can see Europe, the U.S., uh, you know, Australia, all in Hong Kong. It, it's all there. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. So um, another, I mean, it has been a year of announcements. I feel like... Um, Invest Hong Kong has been in full gear this year. And one of the announcements this year was that you're opening of an independent office dedicated to Family Office Hong Kong, um, which aims to promote family office business in the city. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this? I know it doesn't fall entirely under your purview, but um, just a little bit about how this is going and why I guess you guys decided that now was the time to set it up. Yeah. So like you said, this is really not my um, area of, of um, expertise and, and uh, focus, but, uh, you know, kind of like uh, how a person being in New York can't help but uh, be struck by the finance bug. You know, it's the same thing with, uh, with Hong Kong. It's one of these places that, uh, you know, money just kind of congregates uh, to the city. Um, right. And again, I think that's because of the infrastructure that, that it has. It, it's the, you know, it's the common law, it's the court systems, it's being able to arbitrate uh, quite easily if, uh, you know, you're doing deals with, um, you know, different parts of Asia. And, and many of the uh, uh, countries around Hong Kong choose Hong Kong as a place to, uh, you know, um, write their contracts. Um, and mm. of course, you know, English being the primary language and, uh, and having a very international uh, talent pool, you know, family offices will naturally be attracted to it because they know they can find the right managers that are looking into the right areas for investment. Uh, they're in mm -hmm. China without having to be directly, um, you know, into the mainland and, and being under a different uh, set of uh, laws and regulations. And so mm -hmm. uh, that makes it a very, um, I think, uh, attractive place to do business if you're going to be investing in, uh, you know, futures and, 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 uh, and future technologies, uh, because it really kind of incorporates everything. It, it, it all, again, comes together. I hate to keep saying it, but it all kind of comes together in Hong Kong 
And so these family offices, I, I think, are following suit. And to my understanding, the team that's been formed to look after this, they, they, they really have uh, experienced uh, a, a very, very good success so far for being a new team. So mm -hmm. I, I think mm -hmm. um, I think that it'll only get stronger as more and more family offices uh, set up there. Uh, it'll, it'll continue mm -hmm. to attract others as well. Yes, it will definitely get stronger with the with with Invest Hong Kong. There, it's you guys have so many developments and uh, you know initiatives underway all the time. Um, what I guess can you give us a little peek into the not so distant future? What do you guys have on your roadmap? Do you have any specific events or showcases, or do you have an exciting I know startup or scale up you can speak to that will be launching soon in Hong Kong? Anything you can kind of tease our listeners with today, which might be around the corner? Uh, yes. So, so the, the, the nice thing about um, Invest Hong Kong, there's always something uh, coming. Uh, mm -hmm. There's always something coming up. And then, of course, you know, this, the, like you mentioned, we, we recently did uh, uh, FinTech Week. So that, that'll come back uh, next year and uh, Start Me Up Hong Kong as we're, we're already, uh, you know, uh, organizing and, and putting the, uh, the the wheels in motion on that as well. And obviously, uh, January, you've, you've spoken at it and you know uh, the, uh, the impact that it has. For those listening, check it out. It's Start Me Up Hong Kong. I believe from memory, correct me if I'm wrong, Demetrius, it's around uh, April or May or is it later? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's in the first half of the year. Um, from memory. So it'll be coming up your 2022 one, uh, which will be super exciting. Um, I have a couple more questions before we finish up here. So is there, and we always ask these at Parlay Me, um, so don't worry, <laughs> is there an entrepreneur that inspires you? Um, it might be someone you've worked with, someone you've met, someone perhaps you haven't met <laughs> could be like a Richard Branson. Um, but I guess someone that truly embodies what entrepreneurship means to you. Um, is there someone you can share with us today? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, I know it's probably a little bit of a, a cliche, but, you know, I think for me, Elon Musk probably sums yeah. it all up, you know, and, and yes. uh, you know, we've yeah. had the pleasure of actually hosting him at uh, Start Me Up Hong Kong during the uh, the Venture Forum. Uh, and so he's been very supportive of Hong Kong. And in fact, um, according to him, I think during that um, during that uh, interview, uh, mm -hmm. he said that Hong Kong actually has the most per capita Teslas uh, being driven uh, in the city. There you go. So uh, I think he's, he's certainly one of these people to uh, really, really <laughs> early adopters in hong kong i love it yeah. that's brilliant yeah look he's he's fantastic you know uh, you know obviously people are divided you know like any anyone that's super successful there's always division yes. um but i think he's works on an incredibly high level and you have to to achieve what he had so um kudos to him i i, I second that one with you um and then i guess my last question and we always ask this here at parlay me is our signature parlay me question if you will and we are not endorsing gambling in any respect whatsoever but if you're a gambling man and we're not saying you are but if you were to take a flutter as they as they call it would you be a roulette a blackjack or a poker player yes uh, you know i 
am also not a gambling person, but um, I think out of those three, the only thing that I've ever done is is poker. So I would have okay. to Okay, he likes he likes to think about things. <laughs> There's like roulettes. It's always an interesting question because roulettes are really a game of luck. I mean, they're all a game of luck. There's not much skill involved, <laughs> although there are some. You know, I won't say anything about professional gamblers. There is some skill, but that's great. Um, look, thank you so much. And I want to just know for those that are listening and they're thinking, you know, um, perhaps they're not even at the stage where they're ready to move to Hong Kong, or they're thinking about it, or they are about to embark on it and they're listening to this podcast for the first time and they're like, I need to contact you, Demetrius. How would they best get in contact with you? Do you prefer people to look you up on LinkedIn, um, send you an email, tweet you? What's the best way? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm most active through uh, LinkedIn and then, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah. email is, I'm always checking email as well. So those two Brilliant. I think are the best way. Brilliant. Well, guys, hit him up on LinkedIn get his email, follow up, maybe check out his event if you can in January, if you're there. Um, Look, I want to thank you so much, um, Demetrius, for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And I'm sure if our listeners didn't know why Hong Kong is a hotbed for startup innovation and scale-ups and enterprises, which we learned today, and the culture before this podcast, that they certainly do now. So I thank you so much. And thank you, January, for having me. I've had a, a lot of fun and very uh, interested in, in seeing how uh, people react to this uh, podcast. Absolutely. Send us your comments, people. Send us your feedback. We always want to know. And get in touch with Demetrius if you want to know more. Thank you so much.